Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. back once again with the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for joining us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus also as well Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Hopefully you listened to ISFF because if you did you might have won your league just like I did. So go ahead and check out our shows each and every time out at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Plus also as well of course, Joe Soro as Oxon247 at LakersBall.com. He is the man behind that and also Simblades and SimbladesWithTheY.com. And of course, our good friends, Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights. Great to have you here. It is, of course, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. Empire Jeff TV, he was on earlier tonight. So go ahead and always give him a big shout out while you're there. Lakers in five, same thing. Larry Lakers dribbling chit chat, and of course, John Costa's Lakers Corner right there, as far as that's concerned. So go ahead and check out all those great channels right there, including John McCallion's as well. Speaking of great channels, please subscribe and like us today to get the latest notifications on when we go live with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Good evening, everyone. Hopefully, you've had a great 2024 so far. Looking forward to some great Lakers talk with you out there. We were going to go on regardless. I know that John is still doing the things that he needs to take care of in Toronto. So I wish him all the best and hopefully he will be able to join us soon. I know that Joe Soros probably still probably having a hangover from New Year's, from the Rose Bowl. And he was at the Rose Bowl right there for you. Adam, Mission 24, great to have you here. Welcome. It is the Lakers fast break. I want to go ahead and talk some Lakers as far as the News and speculation that's gone on. Zanger Sign says, hi, guys. I'm on and off given that it's return to work week. Depends on the schedule of the games versus mine. Uh, Joe Soro is in the chat. Uh, the world, Chico, and everything in it. So gra- glad to have you here. Hopefully, Joe will actually join me live on the air uh, soon. Maybe. Maybe not. We'll see. But hopefully, you will join us here. Or Z. Doesn't matter. Either which way. Just always glad to have you here at the Lakers Fast Break. It is Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. The world, Chico, and everything in it. Yes, spoken like Scott Hall indeed. 
But I will say with the Lakers at 17 and 17, now in 10th place. That's right. I said it. 10th place in a Western Conference. Things are not looking great for the Lakers, but they are going to have quite a few home games on the schedule for this month. So things can turn around in our favor. But you know, when the Lakers are at this point, you know the speculation begins. The coach, uh, as far as, yes, our future coach, Joe Soro. Uh, he, thank you, Mission 24, for the super chat. Truly appreciate it. Uh, Joe Soro, the future coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, hopefully he will be able to join us here soon. But uh, Sukhoi, cool bro. Glad to have you here as well. I do want to go ahead and mention that the Lakers at 17 and 17. Uh, they are 10th place in the Western Conference. So the speculation has run rampant. And not just at Laker Tom on Twitter or Laker Tom at Lakerholics.com along with Jamie Sweet. The guys who were here yesterday did a great job. I know you want them back and we'll try to get them back on as soon as they can, as soon as they're available to go ahead and do so. But you know you can find them at Lakerholics.com. You know Laker Tom is the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. Always loves the trade speculation. Well, so many others have joined in that speculation. So I wanted to ask you out there today your thoughts on some definite yeses or some definite noes on players you would be interested in on incoming to the Lakers. So I want to hear your thoughts when I shout them out. If you are interested and you think there would be a player that could help the Lakers move forward and obviously become a contender once again in the Western Conference. And this all came about uh, based off the comments on a recent podcast by none other than Lakers hater, uh, Celtics and Clippers lover, Bill Simmons, you know, the guy that, that, you know, has so much behind him in regards to all of his podcasting empire and all that. I will give him credit because he absolutely uh, has been able to build a, an empire as far as it's concerned, as far as uh, the ringer and all the sports issue things that he's created from it. So got to give him credit for that, but I won't give him credit for much else because the fact is as a Celtics lover, you know, he's doing everything he can to go ahead and try to will a demise for the Lakers. And then of course his recent comments probably are the best example of that. And I'll explain why here in a sec. Cause cool bro those says, so, Gerald, I got some news yesterday. I tried talking to Zoe. I said, have you ever heard the tragedy of Dark Plages? Uh, and I thought, yeah, cool, bro. If you actually walked up to her and told her something like that, yeah, that was probably not the best thing to say to her. Yeah. Unfortunately, PMC Bill Simmons is still lurking around somewhere as far as the ringer's concerned. You know he still has his show and whatnot. But recently, he made the comments on one of his podcasts in regards to Draymond Green and how he thinks Draymond Green would be a great fit for the Lakers and that the Lakers should trade Austin Reeves for Draymond Green. And when upon reading that article, because I don't actually listen to his podcast, uh, when reading his article, I can't believe I said this out loud, as loud as I did, but I screamed, hell no, to that. Exactly, Zangerstein. I know we may all be mixed on our opinions on Austin Reese, whether or not he's on top. 
about here in a little bit. But also here today is Joe Sorrell, a.k.a. Ox1947, the future coach for the Los Angeles Lakers, according to Mission 24. Thank you again for the super chat. So, yes, I heard noted Laker hater and Clippers and Celtics lover Bill Simmons say this on a podcast, according to an articles that were shared around and whatnot, about Austin Reeves he thinks should be traded for Draymond Green, which really got me to the point where I wanted to create this episode today based off players who we say yay, maybe, or hell no to it. For me, Draymond Green, even though at the time, a couple weeks ago, or actually it was almost a month ago, when Laker Tom, Joe, was his first guy off the list on his trade targets was Draymond Green. I thought he was absolutely nuts. Your thoughts on Draymond Green? I always love it when you talk about Draymond Green because it always gets a little snipey. Your thoughts, though, on Draymond Green? I think it's a hell no for Austin, for Austin Reeves or anyone else for him to come to the Lakers. The only difficult part about doing this show, and as surprising as this might be to those who listen, I'm only at 50% max on this show. I'm actually quite much more brutal in real life. And it's not it's not the brutal nature of like I'm calling a Draymond Green worse names, attacking his existence, family, friends, ancestors, none of that. It's not, a, not, not that's not the the brutalness of it. That's easy. I don't know Draymond Green. I don't see him face to face. The hard part is your fellow constituents, your friends, your family that hear the truth, because those people are here. Those people are in your face. That's the part that's tough for people to do so you have a lot of people who have family issues friend issues well when you're brutally honest you tend to have less issues because it's either a severance or it's people who understand so in the draymond situation and the fact that tom keeps talking about draymond green the difference between me responding to Tom here mm-hmm. and responding to Tom off air with are two different things. It's hard. It's hard to hold back. But I'm gonna I'm gonna drop I'm gonna drop a, a little bit of reality here because I don't know. I think I I think this subject keeps coming up, and the only way to diffuse it is to start dropping some massive reality to it anyone bill simmons laker tom anyone who suggests that draymond green should be traded here let alone let alone and this was the igniter for me for austin reeves you should turn in your brain for science and teach a class called Stupid 101. Literally, teach a class in college called Stupid 101. Have your brain in a jar in that class. 
And then part of the curriculum is you have to dissect that stupid brain. And you could put on that brain suggested Draymond Green for Austin Reeves in a trade. And it's going to be very difficult for you to convince me you're not stupid. Now, in did I say Ben Simmons? I'm sorry, Bill Simmons. In Bill Simmons' case, Bill has an interesting brain. He's a massive hater, understandably. He's a Celtic. He's also a massive troll, and he's stupid. So he would be, if there was a pyramid of stupid jars of brains, there'd be three on the bottom. Laker Tom would be one of the three on the bottom. You'd have a couple more on top. You can put whomever you want there. And then you put Bill Simmons on the top. And then that's that's the one. That's the that's the the final exam. And then at that point, maybe you learn something. How are you going to convince me that the fact that you bring up something that stupid that I'm going to take you seriously in anything in life? I know sports is mundane. It's entertainment. But to me, you want to know what sports is about? You should have been with me last night at the Rose Bowl. Sports does things to people. It's not mundane. I was with at least 50,000 Michigan fans celebrating like we were family. I'm not a Michigan fan, but my family is. And the electricity in that arena, that stadium, can't be duplicated in a opera, in a fundraiser, funeral, wedding. Sports matters. Sports does things to that dopamine or that feeling, whatever it is. And at this point, explaining the topic and the fact that it's even a topic is, it's got to be called what it is. Utter useless stupidity. And it's going to be very hard for me to take you seriously in anything. We make dumb mistakes. We make stupid, we, we do make mistakes. We're human beings. But when you're actually sitting there and trying to explain this, like it's, logical i'm gonna just sit there and just stare at you and wait for you to finish and then call you stupid because that's what that is why in sam hell would you want draymond green on this team this team is already mentally fragile draymond green is a clown he has been a clown had talent will probably go to the hall of fame because any second rate third rate player these days is going to the hall of fame so, what is next? What logical, coherent options are there? We talked about this. There isn't. That's why you have to bring up something so stupid. We don't have any logical options at this point. The system doesn't allow you to have a chance at that. You have to either give up your internal organs 
and risk your future to win now or you ride the ship or you write the ship, I should say. So where do we go from here? What, what are we going to really do? We need to talk about that. Give me, give me some logical stuff. I know a lot of people out there on social media, they just type. They just type their feelings, right? They just type. And you know how I know we hit a nerve on our last show? You've heard me say it, Gerald. Yep. Hit a nerve, hit a target. Why? After that show, when I called out all you mother effing keyboard warriors, and they're everywhere. Why? When I call you mother effers out on that show, all of a sudden we get venom in emails saying, I don't know this, you don't know that, and completely lying about what we said. We didn't even say the stuff they said we said. Did I say? I mean, at this time last year, we, we talked about it. We, we I had predicted that the Denver Nuggets were going to meet the Miami Heat in the finals. And I was, we were in a position last year around this time that the Lakers were looking terrible. Why would I say the Lakers were going to beat Denver in the, in the end of December? When did I say that? You really? said in the Western Conference Finals. Now, I picked the Lakers to beat Denver when the Lakers made it to the Western Conference Finals. He but took two your he took two your statements and combined it into one basically okay. during it. Well, game. I'm a Laker fan. The Lakers were on a roll. I thought maybe Denver might. And I even said on our shows afterwards, I said I kind of played it out. I played it. I play, I, I talked myself into thinking Denver was, had some weaknesses. They didn't. At the end of the day, my first prediction during the summer was correct. But I'm going to pick the Lakers to win regardless. That's. That's not going to change. The Lakers could be uh, an eight seed playing the greatest team of all time. I'm still going to pick them to win because that's the point. There's a difference. You want to call me stupid? You want to call me dumb and delusional? For that one, I'll give you that one. But that's that's how that plays out. But By the way, that individual, you want me to name? Give that name of that guy? I don't care. No, I don't. I don't even name. Even know. Oh, name. okay. All right. Yeah, yeah we well, don't, I, I don't. I don't give a crap. Okay. Uh, this is this is going to be a regular occurrence. It's not like this is going to be. Oh I, well, new. I'm just I'm going to keep on calling out that loser. So I'm just going to say I, I prefer he, not because he to had call. issues with U and Z and and I, that I that I take. Yeah, yeah, and and that's probably where a lot of my return venom is. If you're going to pick on somebody like Xander, Zangerstein, I, I'm sorry, my my nephew Xander, so got mixed up for a second there. Um, if you're going to pick on Zangerstein. You're gonna have problems because I'm gonna I'm gonna wreck you inside out. And if you're listening right now, you don't pick on people who aren't doing anything wrong. Okay, you don't like the cut of my jib. You don't like the way I talk. You can destroy me all you want, but you know not everybody has you know perfect internet. Okay, she's in the Philippines. She's doing her best to try to connect with people out here in Vegas and in California. You know if you're gonna if you're gonna sit on your your uh, you know whatever internet you have, your your 5G, 4G, 3G, whatever that you have stuck up your ass, you know, understand that not everybody has the nice things that maybe you do have. We we love Z. We love her input. We like how she sounds. And if you don't like how she sounds, you can suck my ass. How about that? Maybe you'll like that sound better. 
This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Give me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cold. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. It is Joe Soro, a.k.a. Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much again for watching and listening. So, Joe, I think you and I are in agreement that not only is he a no, but Draymond Green is a hell no for us as far as getting him back here with the Lakers. And that would be no way in shape or form training for whether it's for Austin Reeves or anybody. I just simply do not want him a part of our team absolutely would would uh, really lose a lot of face as an organization in my eyes, if that's the case. Uh, Mission 24, cool bro. We had a Facebook user a couple days ago, shortly after the new year here in uh, on the West Coast. Uh, he is from overseas and uh, decided to go ahead and say some disparaging things about Joe and Z. And yeah, I, I retorted back to him and we will make it a mission. We will not forget. So, Kubro, I understand that your channel, you said, has gotten a little bit of hate. Again, you can either ignore it, like what Star Wars Theory told you, or you can come and attack them like we do here at the Lakers Fast Break. So it's your choice. But then, again, for a 14-year-old boy who doesn't have that many resources, I would just say stay low, but remember them if you get big. Remember each and every one of those haters before when you get big. Just that's all I'll say because you can shout them out then. The haters are fuel. They're the fuel. Uh, I don't think about haters, but they're fuel. They're fuel to the fact that they are oblivious to the fact that they give the show credibility when they talk nonsense. If you come at us with legitimate logic and we're wrong, we're going to prop you up and tell you, you know what? Damn, that's a good point. I'm wrong. You're right. But if you're going to come in straight up with your, what's this person have with their audio and who are they? She sounds like this. And this guy doesn't know anything. At that point, you're not real. You're, 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 you're a poser. You're just yapping. The yap. You're just yapping to give attention to yourself because you probably live uh, a miserable existence. Because you'd never say that in, in person. You'd probably walk around the room playing with your nuts and waiting for us to leave. Then maybe you'll talk some smack behind our back. That's what most people do. Most people are cowards. They don't talk face to face. They don't look you in the eye. You know, you want to you want to look somebody in the eye and tell them what how you feel if you're really passionate about it. That's how you do it. That's what a real man does. You look somebody in the eye and you tell them. But the problem with that is what are you really telling them? How, are you telling the truth? Like, what are you telling them? Draymond Green for Austin Reeves. You come up to me in any room, any chat room, virtual or not, and you're like, Draymond Green for Austin Reeves. I'm going to tell you right now, the first look you're going to get is this. 
And then if you really want a response, you're like, Joe, I would like your opinion. Can you speak it to me? You're stupid. The end. Period. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, Joe. You know, uh, he plays defense and he's got fire. No, he doesn't have he doesn't have fire. He likes to kick people in the nuts all the time. He likes to choke people. He likes to cost his team championships. Plus, he's a fake tough guy. You know, Rodman was a somewhat of a fake tough guy. He was obnoxious. But he was stupid, too. So I, I don't know why the, the comparisons between Rodman and, and Draymond are, are, are so used so much. I'm like, he was an idiot, too. The reason why he was able to get through it was because he had the black cat on his team who dealt with it. And Phil Jackson, the master psychologist, they were able to get through it. But plus, I don't remember Dennis Rodman doing stupid stuff when it mattered. You know, he kicked the cameraman in the nuts or in the upper thigh. Sorry. What? During a regular season game. So what? But this guy has a knack of continuing to do stupid stuff, especially at the worst times. Plus, I just think he's a different person than Dennis Rodman. I just think Draymond Green's a punk. And I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to punk him back. And unfortunately, no one is doing it. So it's going to have to be Adam Silver basically keeping him out. I don't know. So let me ask you this, my friend. I made a list of players uh, in regards to your interest level. Yay, nay, or maybe. It just let me know. Uh, and welcome, Kurt. Div X-Ray. Great to have you here. Else as well, everybody, Adam and everybody else, Dante, truly appreciate you joining us. It is the Lakers fast break. So I ask you, my friend, let's start off with Golden State, since we're de both definite no's for Draymond Green. I think two players, and first first of all, Clay Thompson, yes, we would be interested in him, but he's $43 million. And it would take currently with the Lakers roster, if you're not trading Anthony Davis or LeBron James, you would probably take three players in order to get Clay Thompson on this team, a package for that. And I'm not sure you would really seriously want to give up three Lakers players for Clay Thompson, who's been playing better, but yeah, not to that level where he's going to replace three of the Lakers uh, current rotation on there. So yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a possibility. I think he's just out of reach monetarily, but let me ask you this. How does Andrew Wiggins or Kevon Looney sound to you? Yay, nay, or maybe? Uh, Wiggins will probably bother us just as much as anyone else on the team. He he has a focus issue. He's he's not a bust, but he's he's a he's a bust number one overall pick. Mm -hmm. And I can't I can't I can't invest that kind of focus on someone who's not focused. Looney isn't gonna, is a lateral move, especially for what you probably have to trade for him. The Lakers need two things. One is a consistent game in and game out scorer, whether it's off the bench or a starter. Just someone who can score, who's a scorer. Number two, they need a backup big. Someone that can really keep things leveled while AD sits. 
You do those two things, and, and, and LeBron and AD stay healthy going into the playoffs, you have a shot. It's going to still be difficult, but you'll have a shot. Right now, we're losing these close games because we don't have that third guy that we can depend on. We have guys that are dependent that are, that are coming through in spurts, and then on top of that, you have the inefficiency of the offense or or any kind of coherent uh, play to get you a point when you need it. So you let know? me ask you this. So let me ask you this. I'm just going to run down a few names, and you just tell me what your interest level on them. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks players we've been talking about lately. Yeah, I'll take Capella, my... Murray, or Bogdanovich. Uh, or... The dream would be Capella and Murray in a, in a package, but you'd probably have to give up Austin Reeves in that deal, which yeah. – it sort of starts becoming a lateral move at that point. If you can get Capella and Murray without giving up Austin Reeves, that would change everything. That would give us a shot. I really, really believe that. That's exactly what we would need. So it would have to be something where Atlanta gives us a a, a, a little kind of a front loan. Rob would have to say, look, if you ever need a third team in a trade in the future, I guarantee you I'll help you. Give us Capella. Give us Murray for these guys. You clear up cap space. We get the guys we want. You guys get a you get get a chance to, to to rebuild. And if you need something, we can hook you up later for whatever you want. I don't care how many second round picks. I don't care what felicit- facilitations you need. We'll help you out. Uh, other than that, I don't know how else that that deal can happen. So let me ask you this. Brooklyn has been in a couple articles recently. Royce O'Neal and Dorian Finney-Smith. I don't think they moved the needle far enough to really advance your team for what they would want to go ahead and ask for. Probably not. Uh, Dinwiddie, uh, the name kind of sometimes will stick a little Dinwiddie bit. Dinwiddie, too. Dinwiddie. It's well. uh, not having a greatest year. Let's just put it that way. He's okay. Doing all right, but not yeah, great. Dinwiddie uh, was the guy that I thought maybe a couple of years back but I think that's run its course. I don't think we have, I don't think he's, he would be a difference maker. I will say, let me, let me say this was as far as it's concerned, the Charlotte Hornets, several players on the roster, including Hayward, Rozier, PJ Washington, who Sean likes Cody Martin and Nick Richards have been names that have been thrown out and bandied about there in various social media trade reports. Hayward is done. Uh, PJ Washington, Rozier, definitely would help again if you're going to make that trade you're going to need to make sure that austin reeves is in the package otherwise it becomes a lateral move or maybe even worse uh, let me go ahead and go to our one of our favorite talking points in the recent weeks chicago patrick williams alex caruso demar Derozan, and zach levine who is, is reported that will be on back on the court in about a week maybe two weeks time looks like between there as far as his foot problems his foot soreness seems to be somewhat alleviated and should be back on the court real soon zach levine is a no-go because i don't think genie's going to pick up that contract for three more years the only way that deal happens and again i haven't had a chance to really dissect the cba and the nba uh the new the new uh cba is in effect now correct Yes. Okay, so I haven't had a chance to really investigate kind of the new stuff. And again, you're not going to read all 400,000 pages of that, but at least the, the stuff that the, the high points that, that you need to know. Uh, can the NBA, uh, t- can an NBA team pay some of the salary is the question. 
They, they do that in baseball. I don't know if they can do that in basketball. I'd like to know that. Uh, unless Chicago, if it's allowed, can take up some of that contract, which I doubt they would, uh, then I'd say, okay, you might have a, you know, a good shot at getting Zach Levine. I know he's injured. I know there's some issues there. But I have a really strong feeling if Zach Levine ended up being the third guy with LeBron and AD, I'd, I'd see a mental change with Zach Levine and probably be available more. Uh, DeRozan is on on his extent, uh, expiring contract. I don't see any reason for Chicago to trade him unless they're getting a good draft hold uh, a haul on that. Lonzo Ball, if if the reports are true that he's going to be difficult to come back from his injury, I know he did some social media stuff a few months back where he's saying that he's going to be back. But let's just say Chicago doesn't believe him and wants to get rid of that remaining $21 million left on his contract next year that he'll likely pick up. Um, then uh, he'd have to be put into a package, likely, if, the, say, the Lakers wanted to get Alex Caruso. That right there is what's been on my mind the last couple months. If the Lakers wanted to get Alex Caruso back, which would be a huge upgrade, he's not the third scorer. He's not the big that we need, but he is that stability at the perimeter on defense and a guy that can hit timely shots and is a hell of a chemistry guy. And he's already won a title with us. That could be big, but I believe if the Lakers said, look, we'll take on Lonzo's contract, put throw in Alex, I think they might look at that one and say yes. But that's my guess. I can't guarantee it, uh, but that would be my guess. Now, if they wanted to do a DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, uh, and Lonzo Ball trade, then you'd probably say, okay, I think I'm willing to risk throwing Austin Reeves in there. And that would be more of an incentive for Chicago to make that trade because I think they'd they'd be happy to get someone that's productive like Austin Reeves and is on the come up still. Then now you're basically playing to win the championship right this year, like you're almost throwing your chips in saying if we win a championship this year, then the trade is great and we'll deal with the consequences after that. So let me ask you this coming up on as far as other players, let's go over to Cleveland, Darius Garland, Max Struess and George Niang, George Niang and Max Struess recently signed, but the fact is there Cleveland's right now, right around the 500 mark. So those players haven't really done well for them. So they might be looking for a little bit of buyer's remorse. But Darius Garland is the player who might be thought of because, again, he has not propelled Cleveland into a higher status because they also have to deal with Mitchell's big contract as well in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, I don't... If they want to resign, in which they probably won't because he's heading to New York by most reports. I'd say the Cleveland Cavaliers are probably, in my book, the biggest disappointment this year. They had a squad that was really coming into its own. I don't know what happened this year. I don't know if, if if game planning changed their focus. I don't know if them getting paid made them relax. I don't know if the fear of Donovan Mitchell leaving is a problem, even though he still has two more years left, or at least this year and next year. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Cleveland. I don't know if it's a coaching issue. I would like to think it's not. I mean, you know, it's it's like a redundant thing with every team and every sport. It's the coach. Is it the coach? Is it the coach? And it's the coach. Well, okay. Who are you going to get besides J.B. Bickerstaff that's going to, you know, bring bring this team up to another level? I don't know. 
I really don't know. I don't know what's going on there. And at this point, I don't know if they would be willing to make a deal this quick for Darius Garland. I wouldn't. You know, let this, this guy's got immense thirty-four talent. million dollars on the books, and that's and a, that's that's, that's a, a it's weird several as this, years. Yeah, as weird as that sounds, that's actually a, a, a bargain. Uh, I just want to know what's going, what's wrong with his game. You know, what's what's it's, what's because right now it's, his game has not been worth thirty-four yeah. million dollars. I'm just going to say that out loud. Yeah, five I, I, years, my friend. Five years on the books for him. Still and, and 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 again, it's. I would say if 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 I was to have, if I if I would have, let's say, a choice, let's say if I was to hope for a trade, and Cleveland feels like you know what we need to drop some salaries, we need to kind of maybe figure this thing out. I mean. Ideally, to solve our problems, I, I would love to do some kind of a Jared Allen and Karis Levert type trade. I think that would be something that would help. Oh, Levert's like a love it or hate him player. He's, and, there's and, no in between with him. You either love him or you hate him. I, and, and, I'm leaning a little bit the other way. I'll just say that word. I'm trying to be He's realistic. He's a very frustrating player to watch. I time. know. And I'm trying to be realistic here, too. Obviously, I would love to get Jared Allen and Donovan Mitchell. If Donovan Mitchell is going to tell Cleveland or has hinted in any way that he is leaving after next year. I don't know. Cleveland is an is an interesting place. I don't it's, – it's kind of cool looking at it from our perspective. We're not Cavs fans. We're NBA fans. I'd say that's one of the more interesting – teams to follow here in the next year year and a half because it could be completely flipped and it would be kind of a sad flip considering what they were building they were building a a balanced team they had good guards they had a good good big men young guys that could jump out the building you had a young coach who seemed to have gotten the message to them but for some reason something stopped Something messed up their focus. Focus. I'm, I'm laughing because Angerstein says Jared Allen. If you get him in a trade with Karis Levert, would make up for Levert's inconsistencies. And why isn't he doing it now in Cleveland? They're barely above 500, just like the Lakers. So we also have to factor in. Sometimes you got to look at particular talent and how it's going to work with someone like a LeBron and an AD. So imagine having Jared Allen and AD in the front court. That changes the dynamic of the team. And then you have LeBron and Lavert. You know, Lavert's going to likely have better games playing with those guys than he would in Cleveland in terms of how his game works. Now, it, it could work the other way, too. I know the pressure of L.A. Could, 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 could mess him up, but this is more of we don't really have a choice. We can't go get Kyrie, you know? a guard that we know can handle the big lights. I'm sorry, but we're trying to be realistic here. What is the likelihood of, of Cleveland picking up the phone after Rob Texas, the Cleveland, the Cleveland brass? What is it? What is, what is the likelihood of them picking up the phone? Uh, is Gainsey going to say on the text, Mike Gainsey is going to say, are you serious? And reply with a happy face. Uh, Rob would be like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm serious. What, what, what would you want? I'm sure that Austin Reese would be in that package, but 
Lavert and and Allen would only would not would not would again we're going back to that lateral move again if you do that. So let me ask you this then: when it comes to other teams out there, Detroit, <laughs> everybody's way, uh, you know, everybody's favorite uh, team, Detroit basketball, the team that just lost twenty-eight in a row. Uh, you've got Bogdanovich, Harris, Bagley the third, and Wiseman as the most common names that are being tossed around in trades, various trades, whether it's the Lakers or other players, other places. Your thoughts on on any of the Detroit players, my friend? <laughs> oh boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one out here. Um, again, I don't. Okay, so. What does this team need? Quite a bit. What does it really need? What is it hurting right now? Perimeter what, defense, what shooting, backup big man. What is always? Wings. What is the one thing they're always hurting at? Shooting. Shooting. So at the top of the Detroit list of realistic players is Boyan. Bo, is Boyan? Boyan, yeah. Boan Bogdanovich and Joe Harris. Both are making $20 million this year each. What would it take to entice Detroit to trade those two guys? What would they want? Two first-round picks? Three first-round picks? What? Well, again, like I was said in our chat, that Washington is looking to get get some first round picks back for for their guys. And outside of Kuzma, I don't see any of their players getting a first round pick. When it comes to Detroit, uh, you know they have played so poorly. I don't think that any of their players, uh, their you know their elder statesmen like Joe Harris is of the, or the Bogdanoviches of the world will even get a first round draft pick at this point in time. Maybe Bogdanovich, but I doubt it. I, has to be a be a late first at the most right now. I mean, you can't lose twenty eight games in a row and expect to have the same trade value. No, not at all. And that's that's why that becomes a realistic trade. Should Detroit want to get some kind of draft capital? Because you're gonna have a free agent in Joe Harris. Are you bringing him back? Probably not. He'll probably be he'll probably be waived if he doesn't get moved okay. to the trade deadline. Does so Joe Harris give this team enough shooting to have value? I would say yes, at least off the bench. I'm I'm just telling you right now, if he does not get moved by the trade deadline, then he will be waived and he'll be available and out there as so a, he becomes the what does he become? He becomes the the buyout guy. Yeah, he becomes a buyout guy. Um, if he does not get moved at the by the deadline, he I, I can tell you right now, since he doesn't have this is his last year on his contract, he'll uh, he'll most likely be he'll be most likely be waived, so he can go ahead and join a a, a team that's going to contend for the for a title. So is he a product of how of, of the surrounding talent that Detroit has? possibility i mean you play better when you're around better people better players around a better team you, because my playing. question my question is this is a person that's been shooting just under 30 percent from downtown but and, and even with that granted he's only played 12 games 
Granted, with that percentage, that lower percentage, he's still a lifetime 43% three-point shooter. And he played 74 games last year for Brooklyn. So he's also shot 47% from three in, in a couple occasions in his career. And he played substantial in those, those, those games. He played 76 and 69 games in those years. He shot 47% from three. Does he become uh that guy that can help off the bench with with threes. I guess that's the question, right? That is the question. But yeah, just throwing it out there. And when it comes to Bagley and Wiseman, you know that they'll want to try to pawn them off on anybody as far as those big guys, guys that have underwhelmed and become draft busts. Somebody else, they're going to try and, and and get the other teams to think, oh, yeah, maybe you can try, you know, maybe your team can actually get them uh, to actually play basketball. Or is he Jason Capona when he gets into a Laker uniform? Exactly. So it could be so Cam Reddish. Could so be Cam Reddish. The other way around, you look at it from the other's perspective. Here's the end game here. Unless the Lakers get some kind of perfect third player, like Murray out of Atlanta, unless they get somebody like that, they're likely going to have to risk something yeah. for someone that they hope will play well on this team that's playing relatively well, probably. But they're either good. But that's based off if if they if it works, they're geniuses. If it doesn't work, they're the biggest jackasses in in sports. There is no clear path here. There's going to have to be some kind of risk. And that risk is huge if it doesn't work. And it's very likely it'll go that way. It's a small window that they'll have a chance of coming up and winning the double, the double zero on a on a crap on a on a roulette table. So let me ask you this. There's the old standby for Laker Tom. The players that Laker Tom has been wanting to trade for now for well over a year. And that is the Miles Turner, Buddy Heald. Uh, I threw in TJ McConnell on various times, you know, combo that you want to, if you're interested in that, your thoughts, th- that w- will that ever get done? I think that one of those three or not two of those three possible. I don't think all three, I don't think they'll keep Miles Turner, but I think two of those three players will be traded before the deadline happens because Indiana in their current state, they're a nice team, good story, good up-tempo offense, but they don't really have the the players to get it done. I don't see any point unless they get enough, unless they get a first-round pick for Buddy Heald and they don't want to win, which doesn't look like that's what they want to do. I don't see how they're going to trade Buddy Heald. I don't, I don't, I don't, there's no sense in that. And the reason why they trade Miles Turner is that they don't want to pay him the the remaining nine, you know, $20 million next year, which I don't see why that would be a problem. They are the last, they are the, the least paying team in the league. They're mm-hmm. last in team payroll. So we know that they're trying to manage that. Uh, they have a team option on Bruce Brown, which in my opinion has been, eh. Uh, but I already knew Bruce Brown wasn't going to be like this next level guy in Indiana. I thought, I think that's probably why he only got a two year deal. Uh, 
what does Indiana do? What do they want to do this offseason is going to be the, 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 the decision on, on what they want to do next. I don't, I don't see any point in getting rid of a legitimate starting center in Miles Turner. Now, if Miles Turner wants a max deal, maybe that changes things. I don't know. I don't because he's not he, worth a max deal. The, the, but this see the thing is, G is I. Most of these guys are not worth a max deal, but the market with the Dick right tapes. timing will allow them to make max money. Plus, NBA teams have to pay a certain amount of money True. to 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 fulfill the obligations of the to get you got it. You got to stay above the collective bargaining. Now, what they might want to do is they might like Matherin enough to where they like give him an extension, and then that kind of defeats that. And obviously, you know, Halliburton's money goes from almost six million dollars this year to thirty, almost thirty six million next year, and he's going to be getting paid max money for the next three years after that. So who do they want to build this team with? You know they are going to keep Halliburton. They're going to be paying him for shooting until 28. You probably want to keep Miles Turner because you got that big that can shoot and play some defense. You're probably not going to keep Buddy Heal. And maybe you want to see a little bit more of Benedict and – if he continues to improve, then he's going to be the guy that plays with Ty- Tyrese. And then you have a Miles Turner, Matherin, Tyrese, Halliburton. And then you kind of go from there. I, it, 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 I don't, I don't see how there's benefit unless they want draft capital for but, these guys. I don't yeah, well, healed don't McConnell it. though in our last years. So they will be right. free agents. And they're going to let those die out. Well, McConnell has another year on his contract next year. So if they no, were going to trade, he's one year. He's he's a he's done. You sure? It says one year on ESPN Trade Machine. I'll look it up. I think so. he has another. I think he has another year at twenty five. I'll I'll take a look right now. Yeah. Go ahead, my friend. Continue. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at his contract. So right I, I, you know, and then you got Obi Toppin. I, I I don't know, guys. I really don't know. Indiana's. You kind are of, correct. Uh, even though ESPN said one year, it is partially guaranteed. I highly you recommend know. you go to Hoops Hype. I know ESPN is terribly run when it comes to these type of things. Yeah, yeah I, I, I go to SportTrack. SportTrack for the final word on the, the ES, Yeah, that's good too. The ESPN uh, trade tracker is great though. I well, that was that. the trade machine I was going off of with the one. But the problem team. with that is you can't trade draft capital with that machine. It's got to be player to player, so you can't really yeah. judge that stuff either. I don't know, man. I, I, it's I, a $5 million guarantee. There, there, there used to be a a there used to be a little bit of excitement when Mitch Kupchak was the GM in that Mitch had a habit of doing things very stealthy when you heard that there was a rumor of something those trades usually never went through but what ended up happening was when you heard the trade went through a, tr- a trade went through for the Lakers it was came out of nowhere i.e. Trevor Ariza i.e. Pagasol, it's those type of things, or even an acquisition, you know, Ron Artest at the time, uh, despite the stories of him going in the shower and all that, you didn't really hear that until after he signed. He came out of nowhere after uh, people were kind of sad that Trevor Reese's agent was being a, you know, Scott Boris type. And 
I want to thank Trevor Ariza and that agent, whoever he was, I can't remember who it was. I said, if that deal does not work out that way, I don't believe the Lakers beat the Celtics in 2010 because if you don't have Ron Artest on Paul Pierce in that final, the Lakers are losing that series. So we go on to the next team that I have in mind right here as far as players who've been bandied about the Lakers way in various articles and social media outlets. Toronto Raptors, who just made a trade, the OG and Anobi trade. I think that they got the better of it with Emmanuel Quickly and, yes, R.J. Barrett as well. How about Gary Trent or a return by one Dennis Schroeder, who a couple members of our audience have really been clamoring for and who miss them very much? Why would why would any trade happen there? Um, Gary Trent Jr. would be probably if anybody, just letting you ask him that. But Dennis Schroeder is someone who obviously they signed. They thought they gave him a tryout as their starter. They liked it so much they traded for Emmanuel quickly. And so now he's the backup coming off the bench. So here's how this would work. Are you ready? Okay. Masai, uh, we want Gary Trent Jr. What do you want for it? Hi, thanks for calling. Uh, I want two first-round picks for Gary Trent Jr. Who's not even a starter on their team. Right. Rob saying, and then Rob responds with, okay, thank you very much. I'll, you know, have a good day. Okay. That's how that discussion would go. Now, he didn't get a first round pick for OG and Anobi. I don't, I don't, I know that the, the Lakers did a deal with Danny Ainge. Uh, but I don't talk to Danny Ainge or to Masai ever. Okay. They're, they're a waste of space and a waste of time. Okay. And they will continue to live off. They will continue to live off trades that they were involved with that were handed to them. And they will continue to have this cooked up fantasy analyzation of how great they are on it. Okay. I, I you, you, you look at Rob Palenka, for example. Rob Palenka was the GM of the Lakers when they won in 2020. Who did he get that? Turn, turn the Lakers into a dead team to a championship team in 2020. No as far one. as Marcus Gasol, no one. He didn't get anyone. So sometimes that happens, and he's 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 in the same boat. All three of them are in the same boat. They didn't really make any trade that changed the course of a championship team. You want to talk about Presti? You want to talk about those types? Yes, those guys are changing things, but Presti still needs to win. Presti made a massive mistake letting Harden go. And I, I I remember at that point, I knew, I knew that maybe it wasn't his call. Maybe it wasn't, but he's he's in charge of that. And I'm, I'm just saying maybe it's the owner's call that did. If it was the owner's call, I truly but but that that's a resume destroyer. So I hope the inner I think it would have come out by now that, that it was an owner's call. Okay. Uh but I don't believe that. I don't believe it was an owner's call because they were paying Kevin Martin the same amount of money a year later. So okay. that didn't make sense to me. Okay. Uh, you're going to make a lot more money signing Harden at that time and keeping the championship team together, possible championship team together, and then you're going to make more money in in merchandise and championship gear and all that. So if these guys are all smart businessmen, you would think that they 
think about that because they would have wanted they they would have been a problem for the Golden State Warriors in their championship run. I believe the Warriors would have two less championships had that team stuck together at the very least. So I've got other names on the list. Let's go to Washington again, who was mentioned in our chat as far as wanting first round picks. The only first round pick that I think conceivably a player who could get or yield a first round draft pick would be Kyle Kuzma. I think that's the only individual that people would be or other teams would be interested in to get that. So what about other players like Tyus Jones, Daniel Gafford, you know, obviously an apple of Laker Tom's eye, as he mentioned yesterday on the show and Landry Shamit. I know Landry Shamit uh, is still on the books for quite a, quite some time, but uh, he is a shooter and has been mentioned and probably someone that the Washington wizards will probably want to dump on somebody at some point. Uh, I could see a, a deal with Washington because they are actually a good trade partner and they've been good in terms of communication and being able to get some things done. And I know that uh, Washington does look at LA as, uh, hey guys, thanks for the Westbrook trade. That that helped us out a lot. Um, All the ex-Lakers that have gone there. <laughs> the return, the return, uh, the return favor, unfortunately, doesn't uh, bear a lot of juicy fruit uh kuzma for what he gives i mean i guess it could work but we need a guard if you're going to trade d'angelo russell that's the problem there so are you going to get tyus jones and a kuzma deal problem with that is you got to drop you got to cover uh 40 million in, in, in contracts you're going to have to put austin reeves in that deal and then you're screwed now you have to now you now it's probably less of a, it's it's even worse than a lateral move. You actually get probably worse. How about Utah then? Uh, also mentioned by Laker Tom, he has a fascination uh, for Kelly Olynyk and uh, Jordan Clarkson returning back to the Lakers. Okay, why would they trade Jordan Clarkson to the Lakers? Uh, and what do you think Danny's going to want for that? He's going to want some first because Clarkson is going to want at least playing all right. Two. And we have to take on, well, he's not getting paid a lot of money. I think his his, his highest number is this year, and then it, it starts to go down in the next couple of years, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kelly would be the ideal backup center-ish. He can shoot, is feisty. Yes, perfect backup center, perfect. The problem is he's on a last season's contract. Why would they get rid of him? Now you're going to need three first-round picks. If you call Utah – and give them three first-round picks and send them D'Angelo and whatever package you can. Maybe. But I don't know if that – I mean, you're not giving up three freaking first-round picks for those guys. Come on. Do they want I, Rui, D'Angelo, and a first-round pick for those guys? And why? All right, why would they trade both for one first-round pick? Yeah. That's the question. I'm not. I'm not saying. That. I think. I. I think that's fair, but I don't think Danny Ainge would think it's fair because Danny Ainge is a jackass. He wants too much all the time. Wants to win the trade. I know that uh, some job. Been- so winning, winning the trade is winning the battle. So many people, not just NBA GMs, not just Danny Ainge or Messiah Jury. So many people are interested in winning the battle to the point where they lose the war. 
That is stupid. That is a stupid way to do business. Don't do that. Your job is to win the war. Your job is to win a championship. So you make a trade sometimes that might not work in the trade for you all the way. Maybe you might even be even. God forbid. But the point is to win the war. I don't get that. I don't know. I don't know if those guys get it. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. Thanks so much for joining us. It is Joe Sorrow, a.k.a. Ox1947 for LakersBall.com, and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this. Big shout-out to our Facebook viewers and Facebook followers. We've gotten six tonight already as far as following us on Facebook tonight, including Walla Kanang. Babala Khan, appreciate you joining us as far as following us as well here at the Lakers Fast Break. Now that you are following us, just like if you subscribe here on YouTube, you get the latest notifications of when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break. Div X-Ray says, besides Jerry, only got lucky to get Kawhi because San Antonio wanted to send him to the worst place possible for Kawhi. That is like the Mavs fans saying what a great deal they made to get Kawhi, he fell to us. so Or get Kai as far as the concern, that's he felt to us. So I, I don't know. I guess at this point, like you said, it's just about with, with Danny always got to win the trade, but how does uh, new Orleans, which was given a shout out in our chat. I mean, outside of Jonas Valanciunas, who would they really want to trade at this point in time? I, I would like Jonas Jonas, obviously a big body uh, could bang around there, give pressure off AD, but he only has, I think what, what around at, Rui Hashimura level contract, 16 million, 17 million, that range for a year left before he becomes a free agent. Not too bad, but I don't think New Orleans is in the position that they want to go ahead and trade a way to get worse. They're in a way to go ahead and trade to get better. Yeah, the, the, New Orleans are going to try to make a run here. Mm-hmm. Their, their concern here at the beginning of the year. Was, oh, I like Jonas. I definitely like Jonas. He can yeah, stretch yeah, the floor. He's on, a, he's, he's on his last contract. I don't, I, again, the, are you going to drop three first-round picks to get him? No. Uh, they, I don't even know if they take two. Uh, maybe. But why would you do that and take an integral part of your team away from a team that's trying to win? You have Zion Williamson, who at this point is making you happy. Well, Diver X-Ray says no. He thinks they'll shop Zion at some point, uh, to be honest. I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, if he well, has another major injury, maybe, but not not yet. Not yet. And, and who's going to take him on? Whoever takes him on is going to need to give back something of substance. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't – I don't. Uh, New Orleans is, is playing to win it. And when, when you're playing teams to win it, traits like that, that matter – for a team that's trying to get better, or usually just not. Yeah, that's why. Not, that's why I'm not including uh, DivX rig teams like Miami or OKC because, yeah, they've got tons of draft capital. Competing, can... yeah, competing teams are not going to trade 
anything to a team like the Lakers. Yeah, unless the Lakers start tanking. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, that, that I, I'd say get get that out of your mind. Any playoff team that's trying to make a run, even though we know New Orleans are going to win the championship, but the point is they're going to try. Those guys aren't making any trades. The, the trades that are going to make sense for both parties is the Lakers are going to want to get enough talent without giving up the talent that they have, the little bit limited talent that they have, and obviously the limited amount of draft capital that they have. That's that's how this is going to work. Having relationships with these teams is going to likely play a huge factor too. Who's going to help the Lakers? Who's going to give them a little bit of the winning side of that trade? That's going to be a favor, like I said. It's going to need to be some kind of a favor for it to work because every scenario we've talked about tonight, it's it's still, it, it all looks like it's going to all go in a way where Lakers are going to have to do this to do this. And if it's not that, it's not going to work. And it, it's going to need that arbitrator that says, whichever GM it is, all right, we'll give you we'll give you a little bit of a cherry here. Just remember us next trade deadline when we need a third team to facilitate something because of this, this, and that. I'm sure that uh, goes over very well as far as Adam <laughs> Silver's office. Uh, Arthur Johnson says, how about Gafford and Tyus Jones for D'Lo? You can't Chimino? police that, G. Yeah, I know. You can't really. That's like that's when they want to, The league wants to confiscate players, right? your phones. That's where you get the burner phones in there. Yes. Well, I, okay, if, if <laughs> you'd have to hot mic. Like Adam would have to hot mic every GM's phone. I doubt he's going to be doing that. It's like trying to police a a, a player trying to bring another player. That that's the part that always kind of cracked me up about that. I'm like, okay, just tell the, the tell LeBron to go talk to the guy. Here's what to say. Like, how are you going to police that? You can't. Uh, Arthur Johnson with the super chat. Thank you so much for the super chat today. How about Gafford and Tyus Jones for D'Lo and Shafino? You'd probably have to throw in a pick there, but I know Laker Tom would like it. How about you, Joe? I don't know if it's a real game changer, but it does make the Lakers probably a little bit steady. If you do that trade, you're, you're essentially saying you screwed up the draft and – you have a player who's not going to be as good of a shooter as the guy you have, even though he is very, 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 very streaky. Well, you and I both have, are pretty much convinced that we they, we screwed up the draft this year. Yeah, the draft was screwed up. And when, we, when we've talked about their assessment of free agents and second and late round picks, that's based off of where they're picking. And where they are, they did well there. But in terms of picking the right guys that are going to make an impact, they let one go and they have one right now. It's like, okay, I mean, let's let's be real, okay? Taylor Horton Tucker did brilliant for where he was picked. Uh, you have to admit that it was a second to round. Dra- dra- right. Fine. But he's not going to change your team dynamic. The other guy was, um, uh, Alex Caruso was a free agent 
Obviously, we know undrafted. Uh, yeah, he's actually he with was. another NBA team. But to me, you let him go, so now it's a moot point. You screwed yeah. up both those picks. Now you have Austin Reeves, and you're you have a coach who's now messing with him after messing with Rui for the first two months. So I don't know where this focus of putting certain guys in the doghouse is. It's it's weird. I'm watching Rui being the really only guy that I feel like sometimes, other than Austin, that when he shoots, I'm like, this is going in. It doesn't go in, but I feel like it's going to go in. Stroke is good. He's getting good elevation. He's got good size, good width, right? Why are these guys in the doghouse? Why aren't these guys getting more minutes? Well, Joe, Austin gets more tired and doesn't shoot as well, or he sucks on defense more the more minutes he plays. I'm like, okay, I'll buy that. But what are your alternatives? What's your alternatives? Prince? Prince can't play better. There's statistics saying when Prince plays more than 28 minutes, his shot starts to go south. So now what? Wouldn't you rather use the guy that's in his early 20s and have him maybe step up? There's no choice here, guys. There's no choice. Use the guys. Use them up at this point. You have no choice. So stop doing this changing out. We know that D'Angelo Russell is, is terrible with Austin. So don't put those guys together. So let me ask you this when it comes to other players on other teams. They got a couple more teams in mind that have been bandied about. Malcolm Brogdon and Jeremy Grant of the Portland Trailblazers. Grant makes too much money and Brogdon is too injured. You could trade for Grant because he's $27 million this year. I looked it up. But you got another five years on the books with him. You're going to have to give up. Let's say if you don't want to give up Austin, you have to give up Rui. D'Angelo and likely a first round pick. Why does Portland do that? What does that do for them? Helps them win more games when they're trying to take. They still have Rui's contract, right? They still, they don't really, if you said that Rui had a uh, one year contract for this year and that's it, then that's, then they can, you can look at it as, okay, well, we, we get off the books on Jeremy Grant, but that's not going to happen. Grant's on the books for five years. Right. right now. So unless they wanted to get rid of that contract, they're going to need to get expiring contracts. Yep. But that's not – what are you going to do? Are you going to put in Austin Reeves? Now you're – because he's a little bit more talented. I don't, it's not it's – not, it, it, it doesn't sound realistic to me that that would be a trade they make. I think if they wanted to get rid of Jeremy Grant – Get out of that deal. They're going to want to go get a couple of uh, uh, expiring contracts, throw some draft picks in there, and then call it a day. They're not going to go and bring in a guy that's making seventeen million, and then they only come out what ten million dollars less. I just don't. I don't. I don't see that unless the Lakers were able to f- send two or three first round picks or something like that. Last uh, team on the list that I have on the books would be San Antonio, another place of misery right now for NBA fans. You got Zach Collins, Trey Jones, Shetty Osmond, and Devontae Graham have all been mentioned in talks with the Lakers. I, I don't know who 
Uh, I don't know if this is their agents pulling this BS, but I wouldn't touch a single player on that team at all. Obviously, the, yeah, obviously we, we know there's one guy there, but that's not ever going to, you know, that he's never going to be traded. But Keldon Johnson has some appeal, but do you want to pay him, pay Keldon uh, 20 mil or so for the next four years or three Is and a half years? It? Is he That's... worth it? Is it worth the risk? Now, the other thing is, is Popovich going to trade him to the Lakers? Absolutely not. Not unless he... So many teams hate the Lakers. Yes. It's, and, and again, we're, we're, you know, my disdain for, for Greg Popovich stems from his whining about the Paul Gasol trade, and he one-upped it over and over and over again. Uh, Popovich has... Uh, him, and, him and Steve Kerr have the same... He, Steve Kerr's more diplomatic, Popovich's more drilled structure. But these guys are both sissy lalas when they don't get their way. They judge others, yet still cry that you shouldn't judge them. So if that's the case, my friend, uh, you know, when you talked about Austin Reeves and his value to other teams because he has a very affordable contract, A, can score 17 to 20 points a game on a regular basis, can do a little bit of playmaking, although that gets him into trouble the more you ask him to do, as we've seen. And then, of course, his defense is, I guess, beauty to the eye of the beholder. Right now, it doesn't look so beautiful, which is the reason why he was put down to the bench. But most likely at some point in time, the not-too-distant future, we'll be back as a starter again. Your thoughts, though. Some have him listed as untouchable and untradeable. Others, like myself, see it realistically, more realistically, that, hey, he's a undrafted guy. You signed up. He's worked out well. He's a one-time starter on a playoff team. He could very well be a starter again in the league, you might want to go and look and see what you can get for him as a player who can start in the NBA for many, many teams. So your thoughts on my friend, is Austin Reeves an untradeable player? No, no one is untradeable. Uh, to to the different team. levels. I mean, Vanderbilt, you can't trade because of when you signed him to that extension. Uh, AD magically is available for a trade the day of the trade deadline, and then of course LeBron is just too expensive. And if LeBron I'll, I'll use an go, example, I'll use go. an example of why Austin is not untradeable. Obviously, AD and LeBron are untradeable at this moment. LeBron more because he's in the twilight of his career, and no one's going to really drop talent and draft picks for someone who's at the end here, right? Uh, AD obviously still being in his prime and on his way to win the Defensive Player of the Year award, at least if these idiot voters do it the right way. I'd say if I had to give an example of trading Austin Reeves and being on the come up, it would have to be something like something tragic, which it's always someone demanding a trade, right? It's a star. It'd have to be a player that makes you say, wow. Yeah, it would have to be a star that's like, like what Kyrie did. I want out. I don't care what you say. And I want to go here. Okay. It'd be Trey Young. Somebody like Trey Young. You package something for Trey Young. That would make you get interest. Absolutely. Because you get somebody like Trey Young in his 
he hasn't even hit his prime yet. He is still pretty badass. Playing with AD and LeBron with his talent, ooh, ooh. our depth would be a problem, but uh, I mean, our depth LeBron, is a problem now. We thought it would be a lot better than it was. Yeah, but LeBron, but but in a in a playoff series with a player who can shoot and distribute, with a player who can distribute and get to the hole, LeBron and AD, who can do both front. Back, side, up, down. I'll take those three in a seven-game series with very little depth for one year. I'll take it. Can't have everything, guys. I'm just going by common sense and how that would work out. You give me Trey Young, you give me AD and LeBron, and they're not burnt out out of the five players on that team in a close game. Imagine... LeBron, who loves to make the right play. Imagine that. Loves to make the right play. Imagine him doing one of these to Trey Young for the shot to win. I feel much better giving it to Trey Young. And he's not gonna, and you know Trey Young's gonna be hitting 90% from the free throw line, so that helps too. But you would need a hardcore defender alongside or two alongside them. I'm just you would that. need you would need one more guy at least on the perimeter that could play some defense to at least give AD some kind of that could breather. score ten points a game ten some points. kind of breather some kind of breather whatever that is try to find one dog in 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 the league that we don't want to do hate that. too much on reddish I don't want to hate too much on reddish but if he cannot give you ten points a game okay yeah. I, I, reddish's game improves with Trey Young on that team as well I hope so okay because so. you have no choice. You're not going to get a dog that can shoot unless you want to drop 30, 40 million. And by the way, we talked about this already. Three and D guys do not exist. The last legit three and D guy was Clay Thompson. Three and D's are not, they don't, if you're talking about, when you say three and D, you're talking about elite, right? The elite three and D guys, only Clay Thompson that comes to my head. Most are, but he can't do D anymore like he used to. No, no, it's tragic. It's it's tragic. He, his whole half side of his body is shredded, guys. If one of those injuries had happened, he could probably play close to the old Clay at this point. But he's not. It's unfortunate. He, he he can't. He can't get the elevation that he used to have. He can't go back and forth and. Uh, pivoting and, and and moving his ankle in a, in a circular way or any way you, those the guys it's it, these tendons are gone they're, they're they've been reconstructed it's not what it was before and a lot of times players like Derek Rose and and Clay Thompson the reason why they get those injuries is they're playing with so much torque in their game it's what makes them great that the body eventually says eh, I can't I can't stay together anymore. I mean, he, Derek Rose when he was in his prime was was one of the most electrifying physiques that moved on a basketball court. He played like a big man at the guard position. Unless you're Barry Sanders, who's the only freak I've ever seen twist turn 
discombobulate. I don't know what the hell that guy used to do with his ankles and hips and knees. I still, to this day, have never seen a human being do the things he did and not get injured and look like a complete normal guy off the field. But it is, of course, the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro, me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching listening. Truly appreciate it. Again, I don't think that Austin Reeves is untradeable, and I don't think that we should have the mindset he's untradeable, but it should take a lot for us as a unit, as a team, as an organization before they decide to go ahead and trade Austin Reeves. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. So I ask you this, my friend, before we head on out and before I tell you my shopping experience in L.A., uh, by the way, and I've got a little bit of bone to pick with you, too. A little bit of bone to pick with you, too, before we head on out. But uh, Jamie Sweet said something controversial on yesterday's show. He said, and I quote, that Russell Westbrook, having Russell Westbrook in his current state, or that well, how he was playing with the Lakers, at least, is a better option than D'Angelo Russell. So I ask you, my friend, who would you rather have at this point? The... Uh, enigma that is Russell Westbrook or the enigma that is D'Angelo Russell? So the question I want to ask Jamie is, so you're asking me if I prefer to drown or to <laughs> die in a fire? <laughs> There's no way I would want Westbrook back. The That's next not... question is who's, who's the fire and who's the drowning guy, right? Yeah. Uh, it's it, They're both horrific. <laughs> That's crazy. Absolutely, because each one does something that the Lakers need, right? So D'Angelo is great at shot making when he's making shots. Russell's availability is probably his greatest attribute, and those even out. Problem is Russell can't score. Russell makes too many mistakes. D'Angelo can score when he's in his mode, but he can't guard anybody and has concussions for some weird reason or whatever the hell he has now. I mean, basketball players uh, play basketball because they don't want to play football. And I get that. I get it. But this particular time of, of basketball player uh, is, is, is borderline. You might as well just go play tennis. I mean, some of these guys are the biggest freaking pussies. Uh, that, that, that come around the, the second they get elbowed, it's like somebody, uh, you know, poked them with a hot poker from the fireplace. I mean, Jesus, relax. And LeBron, I'm sorry to say, is one of the big culprits of that. It's like, dude, how many times are you going to fall down like somebody hits you with a bat? It's you're, you're six foot eight. You're, you're this guy who brags that he's six foot eight and 200. I think he even said he's 270 pounds. Dude, play like you're six, eight, 270. Stop. Stop being a bitch. <laughs> so I take it your answer is, you know, either. My answer is needle. Yes, that's just Let's say we're doing a movie and door number one is D'Angelo Russell. Door number two is Russell Westbrook. And then door number three is death. I would take door number three. <laughs> uh, different choices. Kobe yeah, D. Yeah, you think it's Kobe. Um, LeBron will, will likely be the most accomplished NBA player of all time, if especially if he plays two or three more years. But there's only two players I've ever watched 
in in my time and Shaq had a little bit of of it for for about a three or four year window. I just I was in awe of Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. I've never seen anybody play basketball like those two guys. They had no weaknesses. They were ferocious. They were uh, they could make a December game interesting. It, it they, they were in terms of talent and what they accomplished better than anyone I've ever seen. Uh, I don't say Magic and Bird as much, even though I grew up being a Magic fan. I got the tail end of Magic, and I know Magic was so unique that you could put him in there as well. He just he had a magic about him that that was just. It, I, I still don't see it. He's the only guy I've ever seen that did what he did. And then, of course, Larry Bird. I probably related more to, to a Larry. I would probably relate more to a Larry Bird in terms of personality and how I would be about playing. I think Bird was not think Bird was uh, just a freaking mean human being. I love mean athletes that are great. That's that just makes me happy. Larry Bird. Michael Jordan, Shaq, Kobe, they were mean. And even that early 2000 Laker 3P team, you look at Robert Ory, you look at Rick Fox, you look at Derek Fisher, those guys were mean when they got mad. That was so fun to watch. I miss it. I miss it so much. Well, thanks so much again, everybody, for joining us here today. If you have any thoughts, you can always leave it down below in the comments or Lakers Fast Break on social media or LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. But before we head on out, and Zangerstein, truly appreciate everything that you do for us here at the Lakers Fast Break. We'll hopefully see you soon. Want to go ahead and let you know, Joe, I recently went to Southern California area last week. And yes, all their hotels have the same gaudy extra taxes and fees that every other major hotel in and out of Las Vegas has. So you can't get me on that when it comes to Las Vegas anymore, because every hotel now does it just to let you know. Well, now they do because they have to pay for Balmer's monstrosity at Inglewood. They have to well, pay was for Sofi. Well, was don't worry. It, it, it's, it's part of that, that setup. I, I know okay. it. Um, I don't like Vegas, not because of their taxes. No, I'm just saying just that one part of it. I'll tell you what, I don't like, so LA is to me a a bigger Vegas in a lot of ways. It just spread out a little bit in terms of it's taking advantage of people. Um, The reason why I don't like Vegas is uh, they promote a family atmosphere when they have skanks on the streets in the daytime. Uh, you said this before. Yeah, I yeah. Okay. Until that stops, I'm not going to relent from that. LA, LA has lost its soul the last three, four years. Uh, COVID uh, ripped it out of them. They were already kind of stupid anyways before, but they became even more dumb after COVID. And they haven't really recovered from that. And a lot of these taxes and a lot of these extra things that you see in and around town is is to make up for all the things they lost for being stupid so with that in mind okay and no i kurt i did not do that i did go there for universal studios and some other stuff around southern california yes kurt that's exactly why i went there no no that's not why 
Yeah. Uh, one of the things I did go for is to go check out some merchandise actually at the crypt, crypto.com arena. Uh, during the, it was the day after the Charlotte game. So I head on over there and you figure, okay. It's the Lakers' home place. Got a lot of people coming in and out. Got Michigan and Alabama fans coming in there, which they were. Got tourists from all over the world, which they were. I saw people from the Philippines, saw people from Japan walking in there, all wanting Lakers merchandise at the Crypt and their L.A. gear store. But you know what, Joe? All it was in the L.A. gear store was filled up with Clippers stuff. Clippers merchandise was throughout the entire store because it was a Clippers home game that night. So they 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 basically took aside and took into the back all the Kings and Lakers stuff. I saw Lakers, I saw a little side door where they had stuffed jerseys, yellow and gold gold jerseys, gold and purple jerseys, just like sticking out, like really tacky and really cheap to try and you know make it a full Clippers experience. Nobody in there. I was there for half an hour. Nobody wanted Clippers stuff. They all wanted Lakers stuff. So the sign says, go to El Segundo near the, the UCLA Health Practice Facility. So I made the trek out there. And wouldn't you know, several of these people did as well. Not everybody, of course. So that's lost money right there. So you go into the small, very small. Now, Joe, have you been to the Universal City Walk and seen the LA Dodger store? Yes. That's pretty big. That's pretty darn big, isn't it? Yes. You think a Lakers store could support something that size? I've been I've I've been surprised that there hasn't been a store. A Lakers you and I store. both. They had a Raiders store there. I don't know if it's there anymore. Oh, and then they had there's a Raider. There's two Raider stores yeah, here in Las I, I Vegas. I don't. I don't. Um, I, there might be a deal that might have not gone through. I, that that's probably likely that the Lakers decided that they didn't want that i'm pretty okay. sure that's why because so you know no, what they have joe right the lakers are number one they're above usc ucla the oh, clippers yeah. uh, dodgers are very popular don't get me wrong but I, i'm sorry lakers are just a slight bit above the lake the dodgers so, so you and i agree on that but you know what you you know what you have as far as a lakers official store it's in El Segundo. It's near the UCLA Health Center, near the Lakers team facility. In fact, that, it's actually just, why. just two doors down. But it's the tiniest store you would ever think for a retail store for the Los Angeles Lakers. It's, I don't know, just you can count in the, just, I don't know, hundreds of square feet. It's not, it's not very big at all, which was the first shocking thing that was there. The second of all is when you go inside and you look at the designs, most of which were straight out of the Fanatic store, which is fine. Okay, take it. But remember, there's there's tourists from all around the world wanting Kobe Mama jerseys, Rui Hashimura jerseys, people willing to spend five, six, seven hundred, eight hundred dollars on these jerseys. And of course, they don't have it in stock. They're all sold out. And there's no impetus, no, no, seems like no rush to get it. Now the guys at the LA lakers gift store they were pretty cool to deal with they have but it's like they, we just we just don't get them in so you go look around to see what they have again it's a very small store you look to see what they have and when you like a design it's only in very limited sizes joe small or triple extra large are not the options for most people but yet they have racks and racks of these with very limited uh, of options with very limited sizes I was very disappointed by what I saw. 
that to me is very disappointing for a team like you said is supposed to be the biggest thing in all of Los Angeles. So maybe they they take on the Jordan Kobe marketing method of limit limit the supply, create the demand to the point where Nintendo is yeah. But right. you can go online and you can get all the stuff. And maybe that's what they want you to do. Because it doesn't make sense. Why wouldn't you have something that the market is telling you that they want to come get? Maybe it's greed. Maybe it's creating a demand at all times. It'd be something to to talk to Jeannie about if you're having drinks with her and Jay Moore and, you know, maybe watching a movie with them. Maybe they're not aware of it. You know, I would, I know this is hard for some people to understand, but because people are so enamored with, people being rich and how much they hate that people get too rich because they feel like they should have some too. It's worse. You'd be surprised at how stupid really rich people are. I mean, there were people wanting to drop a lot of money on Hashimura stuff and there was nothing in the entire store on Hashimura because the guy said that he's, they sold out there four straight times I guess four straight racks full of uh, Hashimura jerseys because people from Japan are buying it like hotcakes. But yet you can go now. Let me. I looked this up. You can go right now to the fan store, a fanatic store, or I don't know right now, but back then on last week, you could have gotten a Hashimura jersey right for right on sixty bucks. I know that supply could be a problem. Shipping the supply could be a problem. But it's if it's a Lakers store, then what? You know these guys are worth billions of dollars why, why i mean and you're problem? just two and you're literally just three doors down from the ucla health center where you can walk over there talk to whoever if you're running the place i think this is a good question to ask the pr and marketing company uh that runs the, the, the lakers i think that would be an interesting question all i know is when i was running department stores or i was running stores period and i had issues with my inventory I would bother and just bother the hell out of anybody to get what I needed sent to me ASAP. When was this? It doesn't matter when I was going. Oh, first of all, when I was running game stores and we were running out of GTA 4, uh, we were running out of certain games. G- games don't games. count. I'm oh, okay. talking about apparel. On apparel? Uh, for when I was running Montgomery Ward, when I was a GM for Montgomery Ward. It was in the 90s, right? Uh, it was 99 to 2001. Yeah, that, that's a different different... That's wow. a different, but this is, but we're more modern now, Joe. The the coronavirus has ended. There, the supply chain. Mo- the, I I I haven't bought a pair of shoes live in years. I buy all my shoes online. Yeah, but there's there's still plenty of shoe stores in town. You can get these things. Supply no, chain, but not I a problem. I can't get what I want in the shoe stores. I've gone to Foot Locker. I've gone to Champs. I've gone to the Nike store. I went to go get the Kobe fours. I, just, I knew they weren't going to be in. I was just kind of checking it out when I was. Oh, in and I know, I know, I know, NV2 and 13, that there is more margin in the online store. But remember, when you go to a Lakers gear store, expect to play, pay the full MSRP. Nothing's on sale there. I saw it. There's nothing on sale. You go there, you pay for the MSRP. You're paying for the full experience to buy at the official Lakers team store. Again, there's people wanting to drop a lot of money, and it's just like seemingly when you don't give them what they want in any shape or form there, it just is disappointing. I don't give a crap. 
I'm just telling you this. But again, you you told me yourself, the Lakers, and you and I both know this from our experience living in Southern California, the Lakers are number one. And, and it's just so surprising that the Lakers don't have a larger facility that provides more consumers with more products. Uh, maybe people feel the same way I do. I but we should going. investigate it for fun. Uh, I think it'd be something interesting, something different to ask the Lakers brass. I think it'd be something that would be not as threatening, right? Yep. Something that wouldn't get you your credentials taken away for. So here's what you do. You go to a Laker event and you happen to run into the marketing director or the, let's say the PR person. Remember John Black? He was the, the main guy, the popular guy for a long time. He's not there anymore, but whoever the new PR guy is. So you go to the PR guy and you go, this or lady, and you go, I have a question, kind of a, a, a different question. I want to, I want to talk to the marketing director. I want to talk to the marketing manager, whomever's in charge of marketing and apparel and clothing, whatever. I want to know why there isn't a larger store for the Lakers. There's one in universal city for the Dodgers. And they have one there that's for the Raiders. Raiders, a Raiders team that hasn't been in LA since 1995. That doesn't make any sense. How do the Lakers not have a store? Lakers own LA. Why is there not another store? Why isn't there a bigger store, I should say? What's the reason? I'm just curious. I'm not gonna go make an article. I'm not gonna go, you know, talk to the media. I'm not. I'm just I'm just curious why. And then maybe find out your answer that way. Maybe write them a letter. Gerald, you should write them a letter. That would take, you should write that would them require a letter work, tonight, my friend. Send it to them and say, I am curious, why isn't there a large store at Universal City or here or there, wherever it is? Disneyland? Why not? I see Laker, I see more Laker gear at the Wingstop than I do at these stores. Why? This is something we have to know. This is crucial. Crucial. We need to know this. Let's get to 10,000 followers first. So then before we go ahead and deal with that issue, let's get some weight behind us. Let's get no, some... instead of these pertinent issues and important issues, I got to, for some reason, I'm scrolling on social media and I'm getting announcements of celebrities getting divorced. That's important. I don't use Chat GPT, Dante. Sorry, I, I've got I've got three shows I got to take care of on a constant basis each and every week, up to ten podcasts a week. So I keep uh, as busy as I can. I deal with those first and foremost. But yeah, if we get a, if we get up to a large enough voice, you never know. I may just pursue it. You never know. We'll see. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. 
But it is Joe Soro trying to stir the pot, as he always does. Go ahead and check him out today at, of uh, course, as Oxide247. Yes. I mean, I can't believe, though, that the Dodgers, it's a nice store. They even have one, Joe, on the Fashion Show Mall, a Dodgers store there at Las Vegas. To give you an idea how big the Dodgers are, they have one there that's larger than the one right than the Lakers store right next to the Lakers facility. That's how annoying this is. The Lakers don't even have a store that big as the one at Dodger store in Las Vegas. And it's going to get bigger if they win a championship next year or this year. We'll see what happens. Uh, but it is the Lakers fast break. Truly appreciate you joining us. Joe will be talking as much Dodgers as he can, or he wants to right here on the show. Cause you know that, LA fans are out there, especially uh, in a year that there's so much expectations on this team in the Dodgers, but also the Lakers. What can they do to right the ship? We'll know tomorrow because the Lakers are hosting Miami. Several home games are on the docket here over the next few weeks, and we'll cover them all. But yes, the Lakers, before the end of the month, you expect them to have a good month because this is the time, my friend. If it isn't, they don't have a good month now. Man, those rumors will really be flying. Uh, my confidence has waned a little bit. I wasn't expecting them to be 500 going into the new year. I was expecting 22 and 12, something like that. And they probably should have won five more games had they had any kind of competency in how to run a last-second shot and stop passing the ball to make the right play missing layups, giving LeBron the ball 15 feet from the basket so he has to turn. I mean, just five games that you should have won changes the whole scope of the season already. Think about that for a second. The difference between being 22 and 12 and 17 and 17, it's a huge difference. Those five games are huge. The only way you make up for those games, as I, I, I guess – Makeup for them is you got to go on a double digit winning streak. Are you going to do that playing Miami, Memphis, the Clippers, Toronto, Phoenix in the next five games? Can you win all five of those? You're playing every other day. I don't have to hear you cry and whine about a back to back. You're going to be playing every other day for the next month. Think about that for a second. You're going to be playing every other day for 25 days. Your next back-to-back isn't until the 29th and the 30th of this month. Tony, this is the time for them to get well. If they don't get well by the end of this month, then it, the rumors are really going to start to heat up, Joe. Uh, you have no solution to the problem. What do you do when there's no solution to the problem? Got to find out and wait and Who see. Who are you going to get? This is why it's important. This is why when you do your research, you have to make sure you get this one right. This is the NBA. This is probably the hardest job in sports is the NBA head coach. Even GMs don't get it. Even NBA GMs don't get it. So who are you going to get? You're going to go get Rajon Rondo? 
Sam Cassell, can an assistant coach leave a current team to go head coach? I've never heard that. Who are you going to get? Only unless, yeah, Ham is fired. I've heard it. Terry Stotts? Who? Yeah, not for a playoff team, but for some playoff, uh, but for some teams, uh, like say, let's say mid level or below. I've only heard. I'm not saying it's not going to happen either. Yeah. If he wins. Let's say if they they lose the next five games, it, it, it yeah, you're right. That seat is going to be burning. But who are you going to let Phil Handy finish the season? Yeah, that's not good either. So There's you're going to have to fire him. He hasn't gotten the top spot. Yeah, you're going to have to fire him to 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 just just get him out of the way. It it, it won't be to. Okay, so that's a good one, Dante. So Nate McMillan is out there, right? Could he? I'm, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't mentioned him actually. Yeah, well, the reason why is he burned his bridges in he Atlanta. Is, he has he burned his bridges his in there. three places in Seattle before there was Seattle, right? Yep. He burned his bridges in Portland and he burned his bridges in Atlanta. The reason why my understanding from what I've heard is Nate McMillan is too old school for these guys. They get their, their butts hurt, their feelings hurt. But we have two veterans that are pretty, pretty reasonable. Do you see Nate McMillan helping out? Does it make a difference? I don't know. Again, there's been a couple of teams that have added assistant coaches in recent days, so it's a possibility that the Lakers could. I'll add tell you this. Help. I'll tell you this again. I'm 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 actually surprised we didn't bring up Nate McMillan, that might not be a bad backup if you absolutely had to fire him. That one, at least you have a, okay, here's a guy that had some success, not a lot, but some, maybe he makes it, maybe he makes it right with a LeBron and an AD. But it's going to be tough, be very, very tough. But Lakers have won championships, right? They've won championships being in coaching fluxes. We won in 1980. We won in 1982. Hey, who says that it couldn't happen again? You never know. But it is Joe Soro. Check him out here at LakersBall.com or, of course, everywhere he's at at Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. It's Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much again for watching this thing. We'll be back tomorrow course uh, looking forward to the pregame also looking forward to the regular game itself which is going to be the lakers and miami please go ahead and join us playback.tv slash lakers fast break and then of course the best post game in town for the lakers is of course always here any last thoughts my friend before we head on out yep waiting for it no there it is it is. Thank you so much again for joining us on today's show. Truly appreciate it. What are you on that same chair? It's a little bit noisier than than usual today. I haven't sat in it for a while, so maybe it's squeaky from the cold. Okay. All right. Well, but you seem to enjoy, from what I was seeing on the pictures, you seem to enjoy your experience at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, it was. Wow. Uh, my my family. Uh, I was born in Royal Oak, Michigan. I have my roots were born in in Michigan. 
but I was young when my parents moved west, so I, I don't consider myself a Midwest guy. A Michiganian. Michiganian, but the roots are there. We used to visit uh, every year for years uh, when I was a kid as well. Uh, just went back for a wedding. Uh, for those who don't know where Royal Oak is, it's it's kind of the suburb of Detroit. So sometimes I'll just say I'm from Detroit just so people know where it is. Uh, that's funny, Kurt. I got a, I had a, we, we had a fix on that and I'll tell you in a second. So my family are huge Michigan fans. I'm not a Michigan fan like that. They're fanatics. Um, I was there for support. I put on the number two, I put the hat on to support the fam. I love Nick Saban. I was kind of torn because I wanted him to win. So I figured uh, if anything, I was I was going to win either way, whoever won. However, I would rather have had Michigan win because there was being with my my cousins uh, is uh, I, I I truly believe that our family is as tight as any family out there, and it was a a, a euphoria that you can't measure when you have that kind of excitement with your blood with you. And the fact that we were around 96,514 people counting ourselves ass to ass, cheek to cheek, hip to hip from every corner, from every end. And we were all there. Like we were all family. And the fact that the last plays, meaning the touchdown that Michigan scored to take the lead in overtime. And then the score that of it, or I should say the play that ended the game, which was the botched, the third botched center hike <laughs> to end the game. Uh, we were right there. We were right there. It was on our side of the end zone, and we we were able to get good footage of it. We were able to get the euphoria of a stadium that just was electric. It was the most electric feeling you can have, and it worked out as perfect as, as it could have worked out. It'll be one of the best college football games ever. And it, it also was a precursor to what ended up happening at my house once we got out of the parking situation. So, Kurt, one of us had to take the hit in parking. Why? Because we tailgated. So one side of the cousin's side had to go in and park so that when we got there, we could tailgate. I... We, the group I was with, parked on the street and we walked one mile to the stadium. It took us 20 minutes power walking up a hill to get out of there. It took my other cousins who were stuck in parking an hour and a half to get up. But they got back. They gave us enough time to go get food. We came back and four of my cousins jumped in my freezing ass 53 degree pool in their underwear to celebrate and then of course i had my wife uh turn on the jacuzzi and turn the heat on uh, about an hour before we arrived so the jacuzzi was nice and warm they jumped in probably got god knows what kind of cold at that point but we're able to jump into the jacuzzi and we had a jolly good time ate food drank and uh, had one of the more legendary evenings that you can have as a sports fanatic and a sports uh, crowd. Now I'm uh, being coaxed into uh, possibly 
driving to AZ where my cousins, most of my cousins live to watch the national championship game at my cousin's house. So it's very likely I will be celebrating uh, that particular game next Monday in Arizona. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Sorrow. Please go ahead and check him out. It's Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. And of course, his company, Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. Please support him so that he can get a better chair that's less <laughs> squeaky, you know, because he needs all the help he can get. So please help him out at Simblades with a Y.com. But we'll be back tomorrow for all the festivities, of course, what's going on with the Lakers. You know, Joe, if they lose tomorrow, the Lakers fall to 11th place in the Western Conference because Golden State won tonight. Every loss from here on out is going to be uh, an, a, a, a larger magnifying glass that's radiating the sun. <laughs> well, they'll be tied technically, but yeah. It is. So. Darvin Ham is got a lot. He's got a lot to to think about here here in the next few weeks. He can't have the excuse of back-to-back games anymore. He can't have the excuse of the tournament. He can't have the excuse that he has a mole up his ass. Doesn't matter what it is. They need to start winning. And they need to start winning three out of four games every week. So looking at this week, let's say starting the new year, you have a couple games, Miami and Memphis, both at home. You better win these two games. Um, and then you got the Clippers on Sunday. Uh, be nice to win that. But if you look at their schedule, let's say they win the next two games, that's a good start. You win three out of the next four the week after. The next week after that, which is uh, January 15th through the 21st, you're going to be playing four games there, win three out of those four. And then after that, three games, four games, three so two and three, three and four, two and three. What does that give you? Two, three, which is five, eight, 10, 13. They have to win 15 games this month for this to get controlled correctly. Do you think they can do it? Do I think they can do it? Um, right now, I have my doubts. Yeah, because they would be losing... Five I know what they games. need to do. Whether or not they do it is a different question. They would be losing five games in that span. That's asking a lot, but that's what they would need to make up for some of the duds they've had. I agree. And that's what they've got to do. Before they head out on that road trip at the end of this month, they do need to be, I'd say, at least six or seven games above 500. If they start losing like they've been losing for the next few weeks, if things could get very interesting. The pressure is going to start mounting. And, and it'll we'll, be home games. Yep. Yeah, because most there, of home games. There's a lot of home games. There'll be a lot of boos. Uh, the Lakers crowd, Laker crowd is as pathetic as it's been probably ever wow. this, this year. They were showing footage of known people that half of them I didn't know who the hell they were. I'm pretty much in the know, guys. I'm tapped into that world. But they kept showing what looked like high-class trash. I'm like, this isn't this isn't a Laker game. This is a joke. These guys should be watching the Clippers. That's where these guys belong. But the Lakers have lost a little mystique. People don't 
And uh, <laughs> you bring up who I would pick, Kobe or, or LeBron, and you're going to get the arguments of LeBron and Kobe and LeBron and Jordan. I go, guys, no one wanted to watch a December game or a January game against Toronto except really when Jordan and Kobe were playing. This is not me saying this for feelings. It's just what it was. Those guys were there and they changed the needle. I haven't seen anyone, not LeBron, maybe Shaq a little bit, but not as much as Kobe and and, and Jordan, not Tim Duncan, not Kevin Garnett. Uh, I would say to some degree, maybe Steph Curry, but I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not seeing it. Maybe I'm wrong, but maybe I'm just basing it off how I feel. I've never really got excited to go watch a LeBron game or a Steph Curry game or a Tim Duncan game or any of the major stars the last 20 years, 30 years. I've never had the same feeling I've had when it came to watching Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant play. Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan made you watch their games no matter what it was because you didn't know what was going to happen. You really didn't. And you were curious. Just like Stedman Graham, uh, Oprah's uh, significant other, there was a story Oprah said that and, and the, the way she delivered the line, it totally, I could totally hear it. He's, he's like, is Tom Brady? When is Tom Brady playing? I'm watching Tom play. That's another guy <laughs> you have to watch. But football's a little easier. It's once a week, you know? It's a little easier to get excited about watching a singular, a singular player play. But that's, that's the feeling of, of an icon of icons, that you have to watch that guy play. Doesn't matter about the Lakers, the Bulls, the Patriots, the Bucks. It's that son of a gun. That guy moves that needle. And it doesn't matter if it's on a Monday, a Wednesday, a Sunday, or on Mars. You want to watch that son of a gun play. And to me, at the end of the day, that's when you get your time and your money worth at its, at its highest peak. I'll tell you what, though, my friend, it's been uh, great having you on tonight's show. I truly appreciate it. It is Joe Sorrell. Thanks so much again for joining us here at the Lakers Fast Break. Tomorrow we'll be back with more great thoughts and great stuff right here for you as far as what we can deliver pregame, postgame, during the game with Playback.tv, Lakers Fast Break. Dante says they were different. Christmas 90s, Hubert Davis hit a clutch three that beat the Bulls. Everybody was watching that. Jordan was just different. Kobe just had his jumping out the chair with a shot making. It is kind of a different time right now. Last time I felt that kind of energy, I think, was when we all needed it when the Lakers won in the bubble in 2020. But it's really been hard to match that at any point since Kobe has left us. I think that's yeah, part, of, part yeah. of the reason why that. Yeah, that there was. There, there was. I don't know if it's a generational – that's always the excuse and the cop-out that, oh, well, you know, it's a generational thing. It's that thing. Eh, I don't know. I, I, 
I think it's a it's a personality thing. I think that's what it is. I just prefer the killers. Look, Tom Brady played up until what a year and a half ago. He was a killer. He was a killer well into the late tens and part of the early twenties. Uh, most of these players are not. They're friends. They're grab assing after they lose a, a game. They're tickling each other's, you know, belly buttons and talking about how they're good friends. Uh, I, I I prefer I prefer get out of my face or not even saying anything. If you lose a series, you want to show good sportsmanship. That's different. That's completely different. You give your appreciation. You let them go their way. That's different. There's a completion there. Congratulations. But when you're in battle still, when you're going after it. Now, Laquan, we're not even touching the we, – we already saw on the show Draymond. Is, that's crazy. We're not even touching the Kevin Durant uh, rumors that, you know, that one. Simple, uh, simple answer to that is Kevin Garnett that... has been chasing something that he's probably never going to get. Kevin Durant, you mean? You said Kevin Garnett. I'm sorry, Kevin uh, Durant. Sorry, yeah, yeah, Kevin Durant. And that is validating his championships. If you if you look at if you look at the the change in his personality from Oklahoma City to after Golden State, he turned into a a broken man. Because all those comments, the, the term burner account started with Kevin Durant. I never heard the word burner account. I'm like, what the hell's a burner account? Kevin Durant cared so much about the noise. It destroyed the great person and the great attitude he had into a complete, just grumpy guy. Became grumpy all the time a resentment a constant resentment in any interview he does or any discussion you have with him he let the crowd break him it's sad it's sad that that you allow strangers who have no reason to make you feel empty what are you what are you worried about you're worried about a bunch of nobodies that 99% of them are losers, what they think? Why do you care? And then you hear words like, well, I left because of, or at least that's the rumor, you left because of Draymond Green. You're telling me you go up to management, you go up to the owner, and you're like, listen, I'm going to sign an extension with you guys, but you got to get rid of this guy. You tell me they wouldn't have got, got rid of Draymond Green? He didn't leave because of Draymond Green. It's because he wanted to go win a championship on your own. You let the noise dictate your life. Don't ever do that. They're going to find something. They found something with LeBron. They found something with you. They're starting to find something with Giannis now. This is what happens. They try to do it to Michael Jordan in the 90s. Obviously, Kobe made a major mistake in 04. He never was able to live it down. You know, it's... 
This is the way it is. You get too big. Look what happened to Tiger Woods. The only guy that's been clear in, in his entire existence that's famous as a sports guy is probably Bo Jackson. And even he didn't last. Maybe he, they would have found something on him if he had stayed longer. He's the only one of that magnitude. Uh, yeah, the Kobe issue in 2004, that's, yeah, that's, I don't want to get into that because we did, we approached that issue once a long time ago and there well, are definite see, Gerald, sides. Yeah, there Gerald, the thing is, it's, it, the thing is, it's hard to discuss because we weren't there. Yeah, so you don't know. I mean, you don't know what happened, but there was logic, a settlement. So, but that doesn't mean there's guilt. Guilt. So, right. The, 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 so the, the, the reason why there's settlements, and I talked to my lawyer friend about this. I'm, I have a lot of conviction and a lot of emotion. Hopefully, not a, lawsuit, to, not a lawsuit. Right. So, when you deal with a, a civil lawsuit, because my friend is, uh, he, my friend Kevin is a lawyer in, in San Diego. He, He's the only human being on the planet I've never been able to break in, in a ball busting way. He's just he's a he's 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 a freaking brick wall. I've not, I, he's not human in a lot of ways to me sometimes. Uh, he said, "You say that now." Now that's his saying. Oh, you say that now, and if you don't listen to your lawyer, you're a stupid idiot uh, because you're going to jail if you don't listen to your lawyer. Like he's. He, that's one of those times where he gets a little like it's not it's not because he's a lawyer that he's got to turn into that guy. It's more of stop being stupid and pay attention to what I'm saying. This is what I do for a living. You're going to settle. Otherwise, you're screwed. You're playing with fire. Relax. You know, don't do what Ted Bundy did <laughs> and represent yourself. Uh, so. The Kobe thing, kind of staying away from the details of the situation, it's more about the fact that he put himself in, a, in, a, in, a, in an area, regardless of guilt, that he should have been smart enough not to do. And he validated the concerns of the people around him who told him to be careful on top of it. That's, that's the human error that's the human stubbornness. You know, the same thing in a lot of ways that makes you great at whatever you do is the same reason why it, it, it'll also take you down. Kobe Bryant's end in the NBA, what was the end? When did it start? Golden State, yeah. torn, torn Achilles, right? Yep. Now, we were sad. I was sad. I even wrote some really lame post on Facebook. I remember reading it like a week later. I was like, God, that was really, really, yeah. Um, I go, but this is the only way this would have ended. This wasn't going to be a happy ending. The guy was too ferocious. Jordan, he had to leave before he was ready to leave because he was too ferocious. Shaq, as ferocious as he was, he he accepted his 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 deterioration. <laughs> Whereas guys like Kobe and, and and Jordan, I don't know necessarily if they were able to do that. No. Um, so, Paul Amalo is usually the only guy I use in that example of 
longevity, I said, I saw a human being do things I've never seen any football player do except maybe Barry Sanders. And I go, this is like, this guy's not going to last. It's, it's just, it's too decimating what this guy does in a, in a game. That's already very, very hard. <laughs> and, you know, really he had 10 good years out of the, out of the 12. He, he struggled those last couple of years. He just, you know, your body, his body just wouldn't allow him to do what he did. And uh, of course things ended badly with even the Steelers. So, all in all, again, we're life is a is an interesting thing, you know. And uh, as far as KD going back to the subject at hand, uh, KD's not coming to LA for not only the reason the fact that Phoenix wouldn't trade him anyways. It's just him playing with LeBron would be the, a worse sellout decision than even him going to Golden State. It just doesn't so, make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, the 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 Lakers. The Lakers are likely going to have to either play through this and get to where they want to go, or they're going to have to get the deal of a century uh, that that Polinka's going to be able to put together with somebody. Other than that, that I think those are the only two choices you have. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. We'll be on tomorrow for the game against Miami. Go ahead and join us for all the action there. Truly appreciate it. But yeah, Joe is here hopefully he'll be a bit with us tomorrow as well again if you have any questions for us or comments please leave it below after the show or go ahead on our social media lakers fast break facebook twitter twitch doesn't matter we're all there so go ahead and check us out indeed but joe great to have you here again we talked about all the trade targets the only one we seem to have a definite no on is definitely draymond green yeah definitely no for the lakers but looking forward to seeing what happens the rest of this month. Now that the Lakers have got a lot of home games, does that mean a lot of good home cooking for the Lakers? We'll find out right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>